Welcome to FedScoop's podcast series on IT modernization in government, underwritten this week by Cisco Systems. I'm your host, Wyatt Cash, and in today's episode, we're talking about how advances in identity and authentication technologies are poised to help agencies meet the U.S. government's new Federal Data Strategy Action Plan. And we'll explore how the recent combination of two technology leaders is expected to help better secure the federal workforce, the government workplace, and agency workloads. Our guests today include Jamie Sandbauer, Principal Architect at Cisco Systems. Jamie is a veteran security architect for the U.S. public sector at Cisco with nearly two decades of experience in the technology field. He currently is a member of Cisco's Global Security Architecture Team. Jamie, welcome to the program. Thank you. And also joining us is Sean Frazier, Advisory Chief Information Security Officer for Federal Government at Duo Security. Sean is a veteran systems engineer dating back to the days of Lotus Development, Netscape, and Opsware, as well as uh, other companies like Mobile Iron, before joining Duo Security, which is a leading provider of unified access security and multi-factor authentication. He's now part of the Cisco family following Cisco's acquisition of Duo in October 2008. 18. Sean, welcome to the program as well. Thanks, Wyatt. Great to be back with you. Well, gentlemen, let's jump right in. As you and our audience know, the White House Office of Management and Budget and the federal CIO, Suzette Kent, just recently released the Federal Data Strategy 2020 Action Plan. And much of it calls for the public and federal employees to have greater access to federal data. But that also requires agencies to deploy more intelligent and scalable tools to authenticate users and control what data they have access to. So, Sean, let's start with you by asking, uh, what key developments are you seeing in the world of authentication management that are actually poised to help federal CIOs provide more granular and secure access to federal data? Oh my gosh, Wyatt, so much stuff happened in 2019 and, and leading into 2020. A lot of the guidance has been updated around identity and access management. So we saw kind of adoption of 863.3 from NIST. We saw OMB align their guidance on 1917 uh, FICAM memo aligned to that. And then we saw us getting our FedRAMP process and actually being the first ones to align 63.3 to our FedRAMP process. So all of these things are, are really kind of coalesced around this modernization of identity and access management. Where do you see the biggest opportunities as a result for federal agencies to take advantage of some of these developments? So this plays right into IT modernization. This gives agencies the opportunity to modernize the way they interact with citizens, the way they interact with their, their constituents, the way they interact with their employees, and give them a, a broader, more agile way to do identity and access management. So we've been stuck with the card for a while, and the card's been great, but the card doesn't cover every use case. So this alignment and this change we've had from 2019 into 2020 will allow agencies to be nimble and flexible around identity and access management. Well, Jamie, looking more broadly from an infrastructure point of view, where do you see the biggest opportunities for federal agencies to take advantage of some of these developments that Sean was just talking about? So I know a lot of my customers specifically are excited around having that federated identity and really being able to leverage identity to create security policy holistically based on their mission or intent. And being able to use that instead of core networking things like IP addresses is kind of critical to them being able to grow to new standards like Zero Trust and some of the other programs like CDM that are coming out. 
Well, and speaking of opportunities, what was the biggest opportunity that Cisco Systems saw in Duo Security and its approach to authentication that led to Cisco's decision to acquire Duo back in 2018? The number one thing that we saw in Duo was trying to make multi-factor authentication easy and an experience that users actually like and enjoy. Most people are sick of fumbling with key fobs, their cards and stuff. And so having a good experience was number one. And number two was really being able to bring together a lot of what we do on premise for workloads, workplaces, and the workforce to cloud applications. So really being able to do trusted users and devices accessing applications. I was just going to pile onto what Jamie said. I think he's 100% accurate. You know, we've spent an inordinate amount of time focused on end user experience and how if you're not working with your users for security, you're kind of working against them. So that was very important for Cisco. I think the other important part for Cisco is Cisco recognizes the value of the cloud journey. You know, we are a born on cloud solution. And I think Cisco recognized that and, and kind of helped us with our FedRAMP process. Let's drill down into that a little more from the point of view of federal agencies and their CIOs and IT staffs. How is the combination of Cisco Systems and Duo actually bringing added value to agencies and stakeholders? So most organizations that we've been working with are trying to go to that next generation experience for their workforce. And so Duo has really helped us bring next generation protection to that workforce that's going to be mobile and using a diverse set of devices. And Cisco has really been known in the past for being able to protect the workplace with our intent-based networking and software-defined access. And Duo fits right into that strategy and will help organizations be able to leverage secure access from anywhere accessing any application. And then finally, we've also been investing heavily in the ability to do multi-cloud and the ability to add application access for that mobile workforce. And we're able to leverage those policies around zero trust and least privilege to be able to create a scalable, easy to use infrastructure to provide application access. Sean, do you want to add to that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's a couple of things. One is we're actually kind of enabling the journey. So we're taking a lot of agencies who have traditionally been on-prem for a lot of their services and applications. We're supporting that and providing kind of multi-factor device posture, zero trust level security for those things, but we're also enabling the cloud journey. So a couple of other things that are happening around this, and again, these things are all interrelated, is we've got the TIC 3.0 guidance just came out for review. Um, the guidance will probably come out this year, which is enabling agencies to move faster to cloud smart strategy. And our technology is the glue that binds that together. It binds the, the now to the where they're going. Well, can either of you point to examples where federal agencies are starting to achieve some greater security outcomes as a result of the combination of your two organizations? So I'll jump in on this one. We've got a lot of federal agencies that, along with some of the other standards, are really focused in on NIST draft for zero trust. And so the combination of Cisco and Duo really does provide a integrated architecture that can help those customers. And we've seen it time and time again, move, as Sean was mentioning, from just on-premise controls and security infrastructure to that multi-cloud mobile workforce that most agencies are aspiring to. 
And I think most agencies want a consistent security model. So they don't want a different security model for on-prem applications versus cloud applications. I know that I'm talking to just about every agency and most of the ones I cannot mention. One specific set of agencies I will bring up, and it's your fault for releasing an article at the end of last year about the uh, Republican National Committee and the Democratic National Committee using Duo to protect their logins and their account access. Um, we're, we're now in an election year, 2020. It's very important for these enterprise type systems around election security to be protected with the best technology possible. And I'm glad that they chose what I consider to be the best technology possible, but we're seeing a lot of other agencies making those same decisions, making that same journey. Well, and finally, what types of authentication and security capabilities should agency CIOs and CISOs be looking for in the year ahead and maybe towards 2021? So I think the first and foremost is we still need to get the basics right. We still need to have multi-factor authentication device posture, this zero trust concept around security. Um, that needs to continue to move forward. There are some other interesting things that are happening around passwordless security. So you look at WebAuthn as a technology that Cisco is investing in, kind of figuring out how do we leverage that? How do we take even more friction out of the access process? Jamie, your additional thoughts? I really feel like moving forward, most organizations are going to look at identity and authentication that can influence application access. So no more games around the network and IP addressing being my policy as an organization. And ultimately, I think we'll start to see organizations or mission intent actually be described and deployed out globally within those policies. Too many organizations are struggling with trying to maintain and create policies holistically. And with strong authentication and strong policies, they'll be able to actually get there, I think, in 2020, 2021. Finally, gentlemen, any last thoughts on how the identity and access management market is evolving for federal government? Yeah, absolutely, Wyatt. I think it's definitely a journey. And I talked about some of the NIST guidance around 863.3 and identity guidance and how that is really bleeding right into how NIST is putting their toe in the water around zero trust. So they have the 800.207 draft around the zero trust architecture. And I think what this is allowing agencies to do is to focus on their core mission. What do they do for a living? They deliver data through applications to users. And it really is no more complicated than that. The technology is just the noise that exists around that conversation. So I think Sean said it perfectly, but I think where Cisco and Duo has been super successful here as of lately has been being able to bridge that gap in a world where users and devices are existing at government locations as well as on the go. And data is moving from private data centers to public cloud to software as a service offerings out within different clouds that exist. So the ability to, to do policy and link identity to that policy, I think is critical for government agency success in the future. Well, terrific. But I'm afraid we are going to have to leave it there. Jamie Sandbauer and Sean Frazier, thanks for joining us to talk about IT modernization and security and the role of identity and access management. And thanks to Cisco Systems for underwriting today's episode. Look for more of our coverage of IT modernization in government on fedscoop.com or subscribe to our FedScoop radio channel podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. This is Wyatt Cash, your host. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time.